Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 2 Timothy chapter 1. A little bit of introduction as we get into 2 Timothy. This is Paul's final letter, at least the final inspired Word of God letter that we have for us today. It is probably written after the events of the book of Acts. The book of Acts concluded with Paul on house arrest at Rome, and it is most likely that that it was around 64-65 AD, and then it is most likely that he was released. He possibly made it to Spain and then visited the Aegean Sea again up by Ephesus and Troas and Philippi, and it is most likely that while in that area that he got caught by, or the rather the Jewish officials who opposed him, kind of caught up with him, and he ends up back here in Rome in prison. So 2 Timothy, his final letter, um, probably written around 65, 66, maybe even 67, depending on which timeline you end up following. Um, but it is it is widely accepted that Paul then was executed during the reign of Nero. Um, and as a Roman citizen, he wasn't subject to crucifixion, so probably executed through beheading. So there we go. 2 Timothy chapter 1 reads like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in accordance with the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my child whom I love, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clean conscience as my ancestors did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. When I remember your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I remember your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am convinced that it is also living in you. For this reason, I am reminding you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a timid spirit, but a spirit of power and love and sound judgment. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, join with me in suffering for the gospel while relying on the power of God. He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, and it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, and that is why I am suffering these things. But I am not ashamed, because I know the one in whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit who lives in us, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. You know that everyone in the province of Asia turned away from me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he refreshed me many times and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, after he arrived in Rome, he searched diligently for me and found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you know very well how much he did when he served in Ephesus. This is the word of our God. Here in 2 Timothy, you might think to yourself, what would Paul have to say to Timothy, especially in this last letter? It is unknown whether Timothy arrived before Paul was executed, and Paul didn't know either. 
he hoped that Timothy would be able to make it, but he's not sure. And so what does he say? Um, he, th- he says, first of all, in verse 3, I thank God, as I, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. And Paul reinforces this fact, and he, he restates this fact that the relationship that he's had with Timothy over the last probably you know 20 years, give or take, is a relationship of, of Christian joy, a relationship of Christian thankfulness as they have served side by side in the ministry. And so even though it may look like um, Paul isn't in a good place, he says, you know what, I have, I have done my work and I have completed my work. And Timothy was one of those bright spots where it was a joy to work alongside of him and a joy to know his family and to, and to have that sort of family relationship as Jesus describes or as Paul describes the, the household of faith. Um, even as he wrote to First Timothy and in the book of Titus about treating older men as fathers and older women as mothers, younger men as brothers and younger sisters, or younger women as sisters. And that's kind of the picture that you get here, that Timothy and Paul are members of the same household of faith, and that is something that they rejoice in. And among the many things for which Paul gives thanks and for which Paul is joyful, um, we see especially in verse 9, kind of the the center statement of the next paragraph. He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, and it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. With these words, Paul wraps in the reality of God's eternal predestination or God's eternal foreknowledge and election um, together with the reality of Jesus Christ coming at a specific point in time and dying for the sins of all people. And that's that's a joyful, (laughs) joyful doctrine. When you talk about predestination or the doctrine of election, it is first of all a doctrine of comfort. The, the doctrine of predestination is a doctrine of comfort, and in that sense, it is a doctrine of the gospel, that the comfort is that God had you in mind and he chose you to be his own even before time began, and that is a comfort that your salvation rests entirely upon the work of God in choosing you and upon the work of God in acting upon that choice to bring you to faith, to keep you in faith, to, um, to eventually bring you to heaven in that faith. So it is a doctrine of comfort. Secondly, this doctrine of comfort only applies to believers, that that the believer can take comfort that he or she has been brought into faith by God's own work, that God had you in mind before time began, and that effective choice was brought about, and, and it happened through the gospel, through the proclamation of the gospel and the application of holy baptism, or through the proclamation of the word later in life. And the the encouragement and the comfort in that is that what God had thought ahead of time and what God had chosen, he has brought to pass. And this is a joy. And this is a reason to be thankful, to be thankful for the ministry, to be thankful for those with whom we serve in that ministry. But then the encouragement, the encouragement here specifically to Timothy, verse 13, hold fast to the pattern of sound words that you heard from me with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit who lives in us, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. And that's kind of the theme of this chapter, um, of this chapter where he 
encourages Timothy, hold on to what you have been entrusted with. Hold on to what you have been given. When he talks about that pattern of sound words that you heard from me, he's, Paul is talking about orthodox teaching, that is, straight teaching. Um, and part of it might be Part of it might be with the influence of Gnosticism, as we talked about, especially with 1 Timothy. There's a whole variety of new ideas and new terms that are being brought into use. And using those terms to obscure doctrine or to propose a different belief. And that is still common with false teachings that arise today, um, because there is a certain way of talking about these things, and not that you have to use that specific idea, that specific way of talking about things. For an example, you could look back to our episode from Monday, when he talked about the descent of Jesus Christ into hell, and especially his humiliation, which is the, the time during which Jesus refrained from the full and frequent use of his divine power, glory, and honor. That's a very specific definition, because it narrows down that his state of humiliation encompasses a time and that it is not the um, it's not that he doesn't have his divine power glory and honor he still retains his divine power glory and honor but he refrains from using his divine power glory and honor and that might be the sort of thing that Paul is talking about here when he talks about the pattern of sound words he's obviously specifically talking about the Word of God and more broadly talking about how do we talk about the Word of God so that it is understood, so that it is clear, and so that it can be discussed profitably instead of simply arguing about terminology and arguing about words. Finally, that encouragement is the, the main thrust of this chapter to encourage Timothy to remain strong in the faith and to remain clear in his teaching so that he isn't led astray by false teaching. And Paul concludes the chapter talking about a few of the people that they have in common, a few of the people that they have known in common. Um, for instance, Phygelus and Hermogenes, they might still be alive and still living around Ephesus there, and then Onesiphorus. And it, verse 16, may the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. It seems that Onesiphorus may have been, um, may have died by this point, may have passed away at this point. But here, Paul at least remembers him, and in a sense, we do today also. And so what do we learn from that example? Well, we learn that fellowship within the family of faith is worth it. It's worth the effort. It's worth the sacrifice. It's that common, that common love for Jesus, that common love from Jesus that we share. And so as you go about your day, how can you reach out to somebody that you share this faith in common with? How can you demonstrate this sort of love and joy and thankfulness, thankfulness for them and for their service, um, joy in the, the teaching that we share together, the proclamation that we participate in together? How can you demonstrate that, that sort of fellowship which Paul demonstrates here with Timothy? And finally, how can we demonstrate the same sort of love for the pattern of sound words, the pattern of knowing what we have been taught and what does it mean? Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. I pray that this has been helpful and beneficial for you. If it has been, go ahead, go ahead and hit that share button and share with a friend. God bless your day.